Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd uh, today. Judd, Manny, and uh, Declan producing. And it's time for our Minnesota Sports Prop Bets and Over-Unders, gents. So I've got um, five of them in front of me right here. Okay. And uh, we will run through them, starting with Manny, then going to Declan, and then finally me. These were done previously by intern Max, but he's now gone. So I actually sat down last night and attempted to come up with five myself. It's very nice of you. I'll start with this one. Uh, Kirk Cousins' career high in touchdown passes was 29, thrown in 2015. Okay. He threw 27 last season. Over or under 30 touchdowns for Kirk Cousins this season. So that would be a career high, but it would only be a career high by one since he threw 29 in 2015. I'm going to take the under, and here's why. I think I don't think it's going to have any effect on how good or bad this offense was because this offense was pretty good last year and Case Keenum only threw 23 touchdown passes. So I don't think that he's going to throw 30 touchdowns because I think having Dalvin Cook back healthy for a full season, I think Dalvin Cook's going to run for a few touchdowns. I think Latavius Murray will run for a few touchdowns, especially if they get down by the goal line. Um. Yeah, I, I just don't think he's going to throw that many, and and I don't think it's it's going to mean that they have a bad season at all. I mean, I I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to play well, provided that he's protected enough. Uh, but I don't think he'll throw thirty touchdowns. I th- so I'll take the under. Declan, yeah, uh, I'm going to take the under as well, just because I, I, I that's a lot to ask for this offensive line, and and I like Thielen and Diggs. Those guys, though, haven't really been big touchdown guys either, necessarily. The Vikes have usually spread out the wealth among receiving touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Kirk doesn't, I think that's the best thing about this situation, and what I'm trying to remind myself is, is Kirk doesn't have to be the 35 touchdown guy. He just has to be complimentary enough to win football games. So he, he doesn't have to, you don't have to, he won't, his arm's not going to be the reason that the Vikings are winning a game, you hope so, because the defense should be playing well and the running game should be established. But I, I would take the under. I would I would say 25 is, is probably a safe bet. You two are no fun. We aren't fun. Because we're the most delusional fan base. Kornheiser said we're a delusional <laughs> fan base. 45 touchdowns for Kirk Cousins. It's going to be Kurt Warner 99 you know all over again. You know what? I am going to go against this negative trend that you two brought to the studio today, and I am going to go over based on this. I think Dalvin Cook scores a bunch. I think he catches a few. Yeah. I think I think between Rudolph, Diggs, Thielen, and Cook, because I do think Murray probably will pound some in. 
But I think between those guys, I Dalvin Cook to me is the X factor here. Mm-hmm. If Dalvin oh, no Cook, doubt. if Dalvin Cook stays on the field for an entire year, I think he could be absolutely fantastic. And an ACL to come back from that, I mean, a lot of guys come back now, so it's not like I don't think he can. I definitely think he can. Uh, I am going to say thirty or more touchdown passes because I think he can mix in enough to enough different guys, including Cook, that. Uh, that it's going to put them in a situation where, where Cook will... And the great thing about Cook, too, is he's going to, in an entire year, he's going to provide a potential star running back like we haven't seen in forever here, right? You know, because Peterson could run the ball, but that's what he could do, mm-hmm. run the ball. So I am going to go positive against both of you guys and say <laughs> Kirk Cousins goes over 30 touchdowns. Let's see. What should we get to next? Let's get to a little percentages, gentlemen. Okay. All right. I like percentages. This was the only stats is the reason I passed math in college. So, yeah. <laughs> At St. Cloud, right? St. Cloud State. The St. Cloud, Cloud State, State University. Some miracle you got through. Yeah. Go Huskies. Woo. Chances Jimmy Butler gets traded during the season by the Timberwolves. Percent chances Jimmy Butler gets traded during the season by the Timberwolves. And, and now keep in mind, this question makes total sense. Yeah, even, it does. Though, even though the inclination of everyone in this room and listening is probably to laugh at it. I'm going to say 5%. I just don't think I just don't think it's going to happen and I think the only way it does happen is if the wheels come tumbling way off of this wagon. Because at the end of the day you still have everything on everything on paper Suggests that if things go wrong for this team, Jimmy Butler should be traded, especially not knowing if he's going to resign with you or not. And you get to February in the trade deadline and you're completely out of it and things have just come, you know, tumbled out of control and everything. But there's one thing that just that you just cannot not think of. And it's Tom Thibodeau. Of course. Tom Thibodeau, mm-hmm. the Tom Thibodeau Jimmy Butler relationship is as tight as any coach player relationship you'll ever find. At least from one and, side right now. And and Tibbs is not going to trade his guy unless he is 1000% sure that his guy is going to leave. That's the only way to do it. And even then he might get to the trade deadline and say, "Well, we're going <laughs> to hope that uh, we're going to hope that Jimmy we can finish the season strong, and Jimmy will re-up with Tom? us. Tom, is that you? I, love, I thought that was, I thought that was Tom. Strong. I love when you do, Tim's. Oh, my God. I love you when you do. You play hard for 48 minutes. Oh, my God. But Tom, Reavers got mad at me. Tom, because what about Cat, though? How well, about Cat? Well, Cat's got cat's to get better, and he's he's really talented, and he, he, he plays hard, and he wants to win, but Cat's got to play better. He's got to play better. We all gotta be. We all gotta. We gotta trust the pass. Gotta this play is hard not a, for forty-eight minutes. See, Reavers was mad at me because Reavers was giving me crap because we had Tibbs on the porch with us on the ride at the fair. Yeah, and and I didn't. And I swear I didn't. It wasn't like I was scared to do it or anything. I literally just didn't even think about it. Then the next segment, Reavers is like, "Manny, you didn't do a Tibbs impression for Tibbs," and I was like, "Damn it, I probably should have." Yeah, that was not a soundbite. That was Manny Hill doing Tom Thibodeau. I thought, play I thought, that, was, I thought that was Tom. You've got to trust the pass. So, so Tom, better each we were fifth day. in offensive efficiency. So, Tom, in light of the fact that you that you uh, just said that Cat has to improve, how about Jimmy? Jimmy's great. 
Jimmy does a great job. It's just it's what he does. He brings so much toughness and uh, and grit, and mm. you know he makes he makes everybody better. <laughs> it's so good. It's good. It's very good. Jimmy does a great job. Well, it's fantastic. Well, well, what do you say when when your bench bench was 29th last year in in defensive efficiency? You know, we we just uh, we got to get better each and every day. You know, our 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 goal to improve <laughs> is to. Don't make him laugh. Okay. <laughs> I know, I Keep him going. See, uh, I can't do it now because I'm too busy. I'll, I'll try to get us back on, right. the, on, the, okay. on the path Chances here. Jimmy Butler yeah. gets traded during I'm going to go 5%. I just don't think it'll happen. I don't All think right. Tibbs would do it. I, I like to default to Manny, but to, to help out our game, I'm going to go 50. I'm going to go 50% wow. chance. It, sh- um, it should be. You're you're right. Right. And, and Manny brings up a good point where these two know each other better than anyone, I think, on the team. And their, their relationship is so tight. But let's say things just continue to get... Toxic. There's more smoke with the fire with their relationship with Wiggins and Cat, and Jimmy just gets fed up. Let's say it's January 1st and the Wolves are on the outside. They're they're a few games under 500, and they're going to have to cl- really climb up to 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 spot these Western Conference teams that are already gotten better and are probably going to be better than them next year. And then Jimmy's just going to want out. I th- I think Jimmy's just going to be like, you know what, Tom, I love you, but I don't want to be here anymore. I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's what I'm going to go. So I'm, I'm going to write down 50. Fifty percent chance. Uh, wow, I, you your explanation makes perfect sense. And in, in an ideal world, if things turn this way, that's what would happen. I'm going to I'm going to go under both of you and say one percent. I think Tibbs. <laughs> I think this thing. He is so invested in Butler, and I don't even know if Jimmy Butler goes to him and says, "I think I'm going to leave." If Tibbs won't say, "I can convince him to stay," I really don't. Yeah. So I'm going to go one percent. Because if you had a real GM in place, if Tibbs had a boss, then I think it's 50 to 75%. Because if you just deem he's not going to come back, you have to trade him. It's irresponsible not to. Right. But when you have one guy... Especially if you're if, if things have unraveled and you're and clearly t- not going to make the playoffs and... Yeah, Tibbs is the last... Tibbs and Pop, basically, although, although Pop has a GM... Who has power in Buford? Buford yeah. yeah, but they are the last two guys left, correct? Who essentially run the show? Detroit Van Gundy's out. Yeah, Doc got Doc got stripped stripped of his duties. Um, yeah, I'm, I think technically, yeah, Tibbs is really the only one who's got all the titles, who, who has all the all the power and control over everything basketball related. Over under. Ten sacks for Daniil Hunter this season. He had seven last year, and Everson Griffin led the Vikings in 2017 with 13. Over under ten sacks for Daniil Hunter in 2018. Over, because he's going to play more, especially with B. Rob now being gone. I think Daniil Hunter, he's got his new deal. I think he's energized. I think that he's going to get a lot more snaps. And a lot more opportunities to get. So I, I, I def- definitely think the best is the best from Daniel Hunter is yet to come for this kid. And I think he's going to have a monster year for this defense. Give me so a sack total. Fifteen. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be fantastic. I, I love him. I'm a big Daniel Hunter fan. So I'm taking the under, and here's why. Hmm. Number one, Zimmer likes Later. to get. <laughs> Zimmer likes to get creative with with his. Schemes on how he wants to pressure the quarterback. They want to use Anthony Barr a little more, so you know his sack totals might go up a little bit. Yep. And if they're going to get creative with how they blitz the quarterback, and if Zimmer doesn't really... I, I know he's on the record where he does not really give a hoot 
about sacks. He wants pressures and yep. he wants inter- and and the Vikings need more interceptions, I think, too. Yeah. So even if Daniil Hunter, let's say, repeats and has eight or nine sacks and he still is pressuring the quarterback and that makes Zimmer happy, that's fine with him. So I, I think you bring up excellent points that naturally he's going to play more, so his, his, his usage will go up or his numbers will go up. But I think with Anthony Barr getting a little more creative on the end, George Ialoka, and even Harrison Smith, they like, they, they're just so, I'm trying to not sound like Matthew Collar here, but they're just so creative with what they do and how they're going to bring it to the quarterback that I think the wealth will just be spread all around for the sack totals, for all the guys, Everson, I think, I think you're right, Declan. I think you're right about that, but I go over based on this. This man is going to be fantastic. We have Hunter, not even I, seen. That, he's not sack, scratched the surface yet on how good he's, he's going to be. Yeah. I believe it was the second preseason game against Jacksonville when he basically embarrassed a, a lineman, walked around him, took the quarterback by one arm, and slammed him down. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was great. Everson Griffin's sack total will dip for sure. But I think Hunter, so I said he, he had, what, 10 last year? Yes, he had 10 in 2017. I think he's at least 12 to, to 15. I think he's going to be that. I He's that good. And and he is a credit for this franchise to how good they can be, especially this coaching staff, at developing defensive players. Yeah. Because this was a guy who people didn't think much of. And, and I give Zimmer credit, too. Here, here's where I think he's such a good coach. Zimmer had the wherewithal during Hunter's rookie season. I think Hunter was on the scout team. They were practicing for a game against Denver. And if I'm not mistaken, the story is that Hunter was doing the scout team work of DeMarcus Ware. And Zimmer saw him. And Ware stands up, okay? Mm -hmm. Does not put a hand down. Zimmer saw um, Hunter standing up and rushing the quarterback. And he's like, that's really good. And instead of being like, but this is the scout team working, kid, you've got to do it our way, said, keep doing that. And he did. That's where that's where I think Mike has a really good combination of I'm a really good defensive coach, but I'm also flexible. Because how many football coaches have we seen who basically say, well, we just do things my way because we do things my way? Can you imagine Daniil Hunter in a 3-4 defense as an outside pass rushing linebacker? be a monster. He'd be a nightmare. I mean, he's a monster now. Yes, he'd be a nightmare. But he, yeah, he would be, he would, he would be, it would be hell on earth mm-hmm. for whoever's going up but against to Declan, defense. But to Declan's point, though, I think, and, and basketball has certainly gone down this route, and football is as well, I think we are getting now into an era where where this, we play a certain set style, is You're not seeing no longer set. With basketball, it's almost becoming positionless. And defense, and defenses too, in yeah. football. I guarantee you the Vikings are going to unveil a three-safety look with, I think it'll be Iloka back deep, Sandejo back deep at safety, and Harrison Smith as a hybrid. And I think they might have a look at times that basically allows Barr and Smith to confuse you about their whereabouts until just before the snap. Oh, yeah. The, the other thing with this defense, too, is that provided that everybody stays healthy, especially on the defensive line, you're not going to be able to double-team anybody. Linval Joseph, you can't double-team him because that's going to open up things for Sheldon Richardson. Richardson, You can't double-team either of those two interior guys because that's just going to allow for Hunter and Griffin or whoever's rotating in for them to, to wreak havoc. So they are loaded 
knock on wood, everybody stays healthy. Well, it's going to be a great year. <laughs> that might not happen, but right. <laughs> all right, we have we have two um, sports prop bets over unders left to go, including a highly controversial Byron Buxton question, which you will hear next. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd today. Judd, Manny, Declan, TCL Broadcast Studios. Minnesota sports prop bets and over-unders. We're through three, but I wrote five, and damn it, we're getting to all five. (laughs) All right. The highly controversial Byron Buxton question. Considering how his uh, year came to an end with the team dispatching him to his home instead of calling him up with the expansion of 40 men rosters. Over under, Byron Buxton plays 80 games for the Twins next season. Now, just to give you the parameters of, of what he has played, he played in 28 this year. He played in a career high 140 for the Twins in 2017. Over under, Byron Buxton plays 80 games for the Minnesota Twins in 2019. He played 20. 28 games this year. Oh, look at the hit. Look at the stats. They are abysmal. I mean, it's just a disaster. 28. Oh, my gosh. That is. It call wow. up, If you call up his baseball reference page, it's the year is just complete. And this is why I wanted him to continue playing baseball. He, he basically didn't play baseball this season. Sample size, Judd. Sample size. Sample size. Yeah. You know what? I got. Okay. Since you went there, <laughs> you smart Alec. Since you went there, I'll do this. Because I don't know, I think this is meant to push my buttons, but I got this email. I just looked at it now because I was uh, tardy in getting to my emails. Matt, uh, 926 a.m. this morning. The opener concept is working, other than Moya and May struggled. Look at the numbers of the rest of the guys that pitched in those games. Too soon to give up. Small sample size. Matt, (laughs) it's not working if the two guys who started the games, pardon my, fr- runs, pardon, my French, pardon my French, sucked. It's not working then. It's like, it, okay, what last is it? night, la- look, last night, okay, Cole Stewart gave you five innings of shutout yeah. ball. Good for Cole Stewart. You lost the game. And if Cole Stewart can do that, then And he, May was terrible. And if Cole it Stewart, didn't work. And if Cole Stewart can do that, then he should just start. You would have been better off with him starting. And it it doesn't like, and and I'm not even saying that in the grand scheme it's not going to work. But don't tell me that it's working right now. I, you lost both games, and the two guys that were the quote unquote openers for you, yeah, they gave up runs. And, and if, May was terrible last night. And by and by the way, here's the thing: you can torture this statistically any way you choose, but if the openers don't work, then the plan doesn't work. Everyone else can be great, but if the openers don't work Good and you're for Cole trailing and they night. lose, then it doesn't work. Good for Cole Stewart last night. He gave you five I innings think, of shutout ball. It, Good Manny. for him. I think we're on to it. I think the key to you society. Lost the game. I think the key to society today is to torture statistics into allowing us to be lazy in our analysis of life. That's what it is. I think we're torturing statistics into allowing us to be lazy as possible. Two outcomes. Two outcome, Judd. Either sleep or wake up. That's all I do. I don't work anymore. I either sleep or wake up. That's two outcome, Judd. That's all I can do. I do think Byron Buxton will play more than 80 games next year. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a, I, I'll, I'll I take too. the over. Yeah. 
He has to. He'll play. Whoa, 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 he'll play, he'll whoa, play 81. Whoa, How's this for you, he Justin? He'll play 81. To. He'll play 81. I'll take the over. He'll play 81 games. Oh, man. He'll play half the games well, next year. I take exception with Declan saying he has to because, yes, ideally he has to. <laughs> ideally he has to, but he proved that he played 28 games this year. Ideally he better. He's not young anymore. Right. You know, it's hard to give up on young talent. Look at Aaron Hicks. We're getting burned. And and I'm on the record that I was glad he got out of here. I was sick of the Aaron Hicks up and down nonsense. Well, and, and, and his own insecurities. In right. And his own in, his own insecurities, right. which is what Buxton. I mean, Buxton, in reality, we just considered Buxton to be now what we thought would, would be a far more talented Hicks. But it's the same story, right? Yep. The same it's 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 the same thing. I am going to agree with you guys and go over, although I have real reservations about how this team is attempting to manage him. I think they're th- I think they think they're being smart and I think they're being dumb. All right. Uh last one. Better chance. Wild or Wolves make the playoffs this season. Ooh. This is good. Better chance. Target center. Or the X is electric and alive come springtime. That is, um, that's a really, like, low key, that's a really, really good question because in theory, you would think the wolves, but at the same time, the, the gauntlet that is the Western Conference, really, well, really for both teams, the Western Conference is going to be tough. But with the NHL, it's like, you can have three ties in a row, or I'm sorry, three shootout losses in a row, get rewarded for it, which drives me nuts. That's a whole nother segment for a whole nother show. <laughs> oh, we can start on that anytime you want. Yeah. Um, Got the two so guys it, in here. Yeah. To me, it seems like it would be easier for the Wild to like not even have a good season, but still find themselves into the playoffs because a bounce here, a bounce there, you know, they'll lose a shootout, they'll lose, have a couple shootout losses, and that ends up allowing them to back into the playoffs. In the NBA, man, like the Wolves were, the Wolves won 47 games last year and were fighting for their playoff lives in the 11th hour of the season. And both these teams, and both these teams now are in conferences that are very tough. If you took either of these teams to the Eastern Conference, oh, I would, we're we're talking a three seed. (laughs) Yep, completely different story. I I will take, I will take the Wolves. I think the Wolves are probably more likely, even though. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a I'll toss take, up. It is. I think it is a toss up because it, it's just going to be tough for the Wolves, man. Like they better all this stuff that we've been speculating about this off season about Cat and Wiggins and Jimmy not getting along with them, and you know Teague wanting to play with Tyus more, and all of this stuff. They better have a lot of that stuff rectified. And because if they don't, the Western Conference, you got Denver, you got LeBron in the conference now, New Orleans, you got a lot of teams, Oklahoma City, that I think got better with the subtraction of Carmelo Anthony. It's going to be tough, but I will take the Wolves, I think, just because I think there's too much talent there on the team to not make the playoffs. And I think with the Wild, there's talent, but, you know... A lucky bounce could go in their favor. A lucky bounce could go not in their favor, and they could find themselves on the outside looking in. Yeah, both conferences got better, and you know, the Wolves were a game out of being the four seed last year, and two years ago the Wild were, what, five points from having the President's Trophy. So it's it's a tough toss-up. I'm going to go with the Wild 
just because I think the Western Conference and the NBA just got so much better. Uh, but I, look, the, the Wild and the Wolves will probably be scratching and clawing for one of the last two spots. I think of where they stay, right where, where where we stand at this moment. I think they're probably looking at one of the seventh or eighth seeds in their respective playoff order. I'm going to go wild because I think the Wolves are going to be a complete uh, internal right. uh, wreck. I really do. That's more likely. Like than I the think wilds. this whole Butler yeah. cat thing is going to come undone because who mm. who's going to pull it back? Yeah, like there's no it's there's a fair no question. the the president of basketball operations and head coach. Not going to the GM. Not going to the owners. Not going to. If all hell breaks loose, who fix who who smooths it over long enough for success? It's a fair question. Which is really very fair question. Which is really really sad. But it's why the Wolves had to play for their uh, playoff lives last year. Got in on th- the last night against Denver at home. The conference has gotten better. Yeah. And I think the and I think the Wolves, if this is possible, have gotten more dysfunctional. And that Denver team that you That's had the scratching team. claw with, they're better. They they figure to have Paul Millsap for an entire season because he only played like thirty games last year. But this team's more early in the season. It's more dysfunctional, right? I mean, the Wolves are more dysfunctional now than they were on the last night of last season. Yeah, I think they are. Seems like it. So yeah, I'm I'm with you though. I think I think the Wild at least could get a puck to go off a breezer butt or or something <laughs> weird and make the playoffs. I I think the Wolves. I think there's a good chance that this is just a total train wreck. It, there's just too much. There's too much stuff, and I've covered too many teams where if you there's dismiss too much it, smoke to not be any fire whatsoever. And this is the type of thing, and fans hate this, but you can't dismiss it. Like you can't be like this is not the '78 Yankees or the or the '72 A's. Where where they actually relished despising each other, this is an era where I don't think guys like that, and I don't think Butler's going to care, but I think Cat will care. Andrew's going to get caught up in it. I think it's just going to be a mess. Uh, we'll take a break. Dan Hayes of the Athletic uh, talking Twins is next. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oh, that's just what they'll be expecting us to do. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Bill with a late slide into second, and he is hurt. So, Dan Hayes, how did, did that turn out to just be a bruise? I thought it was torn ACL, the plate in his left leg had moved. I am shocked if all that was is just a bruise. Yeah, absolutely. It was a scary moment for sure. And you saw him down there, and you get carted off the field, and uh, that, that stuff's all very, very frightening. Um, but, you know, I mean... It, it, we will see, and and how long it's going to keep him out. I mean, it's that's you know that does not look like anything you want to bring a guy back and and put him on the field anytime soon. From just let him heal because these games right now obviously are meaningless. And it, it, at this point, it's it's kind of uh, if if you escape like that, take advantage of it and, and mm-hmm. kind of move on. I think he might be done. I I, I wouldn't be shocked. I I wouldn't be shocked if if they say because I mean for for a man that big and and he looked like he he was in immense pain. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think that's one where you're definitely not going to uh, to rush him back in the next week or so. Yeah, absolutely. There there's no gain from that. I mean, he's gotten at bats. You've you've gotten him to the point where the, the idea is you want him to be healthy for the off season. You want him to be able to be active in the off season and get into good shape again for next year, the shape that he kind of got into going into this uh, this little stretch here. Um, 
that he was afforded with that six weeks in the in the minors and I mean that's that's the whole goal for next season is is for him to be in in great shape and and so you know let him let him uh I mean, I'm sure he's gonna want to get back there's no question that that the competitive side will kick in but not unless it's 100% perfect and you know it, maybe even like 110%. So, Dan, Byron Buxton, a lot of people are, you know, this has been kind of the the hot debate over the last couple of days that they didn't call him up, and there's a speculation that it's about the service time. They're trying to, you know, maybe put off a year of free of having to deal with any free agency with him. I, I'm in the camp that thinks, listen, cross that bridge when you get there as far as service time and free agency and everything that the primary concern with this guy should be getting him right. And if you're going to try and get him right, that he needs to be up in September getting meaningful at bats just to try and develop him and and to get him good before you even have to worry about if he's going to be a free agent in 2022 or 2023. Yeah, I I will. I won't dispute that he's had the kind of season that, you know, you could think about this, but when it comes down to it, this is your your guy you're hoping to build around. Uh, this is your your center fielder, your platinum uh, defender, or your platinum award defender, uh, like the guy that is the energy that everybody loves, the guy that you asked in, in May to come back without any uh, rehab assignments and, and no live at-bats other than, you know, in the cage for for a month almost. And, and you put him out there, and he struggled, and then you sent him down. And and there's no question that when they sent him down uh, and put him back on the DL, it, it was the right call. But I, I just think when you think about this, this is this is the guy, and and you're not bringing him back. And and he sold out for you to come back. He he did everything he could for the team to come back. And. I just don't think it sends a good message, and and I only got to speak to a couple guys after it happened uh, on on Sunday morning in in uh, Arlington um, because they told us you know late Saturday night after the game, and there's not going to be any chance to talk to players, and um, but it, it's just it what it leads to is questions amongst the young players, and you know I, I covered the White Sox for the last five and a half years, and and they were lucky to get Chris Sale and Jose Quintana to sign team-friendly deals but my my one of my immediate thoughts is is that that took some trust at the time that the White Sox were going to build and take advantage of those friendly deals to go ahead and build and spend more money on other players and I don't know that the White Sox would have been able to sign those guys to those team-friendly deals if if they knew they're going to be taken advantage of later on and traded because of that you know that the White Sox had just an easy time moving them to the to the Red Sox and to the the Cubs for kind of huge you know I, they, they've got a great core out of this potentially of prospects because of those team friendly deals and you know if, if Jose Quintana four years earlier knew he'd be traded because of that deal and, and sale I don't know that they would and and that's the weird part you know this is the guy you're trying to if you're the twins signs that long-term deal and I know that they tried to get him last offseason and and he didn't take it, and I know that there's a bunch of guys, but now you you haven't even signed any of your young core. You want to lock these guys up, and and I think they have questions. I think that they have they wonder what the twins are going to do, and can they trust this front office? I think that's what this does. I think that you put some doubt out there 
about what the the group is going to do. I mean, guys guys are just going to naturally question, "Hey, is, can this happen to me?" And um it's it's a young room. It's it's a a room across the board that you're just trying to lock these guys up and you haven't signed any of these guys to long-term deals yet and do did you cost yourself the possibility of that? And and you, somebody will take a deal. I mean, somebody will lock, get locked up, but it's going to take some work and it's going to take someone who's just willing to forget about all that stuff. And, and sometimes that's not the easiest thing. Um, you were hoping Buxton would be your first guy and then you could lock up a couple guys and get a core. And, you know, this is just, it, it leads to so many questions. I, I think that the, that side of it was, you know, I mean, the, the belief that players are just going to move on. I don't think players are just going to move on. I think that they're going to be having some serious questions about, the front office for a little bit and need to be proven wrong. And it's hard to do that when you, the, the guy, the, the one that everyone looks up to, you know, got sent down or didn't get brought back up. And, and there's the service time issue. Because Dan, the, the thing of it is, I mean, you mentioned about getting guys locked up. Not only that, I mean, with Sano and Buxton, especially, we don't even know if they're going to be as good as we are anticipating them being yet. And if 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 we get to the point where Buxton, if Buxton is just not going to live up to his potential, and Sano's not going to live up to his potential, you're looking at down the line. You're looking at 2021, 2022 before you start seeing that next wave of, you know, Royce Lewis and hopefully Nick Gordon and Kirillov and these these young guys that are not that there's a lot of high hopes for, but we're still three years away from even seeing what, what those guys are going to be in the major leagues. And if Buxton and Sano especially flame out on you, these next couple of years could potentially be really, really sour for this team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still think that, you know, there's there's a lot of decent talent out there right now. I mean, you know, it's, it's weird to think that they could spend the last month here without the two guys that they hope to build around. But yeah, they're, they're the key guys. Sano and, and Buxton... You need them to step up and play their potential. I mean, we saw what the team could do with with just Rosario and Escobar yeah. for for two months, and and that was really impressive that they kept this team afloat. But it was a struggle. It was a constant struggle. If they weren't doing anything, the rest of the offense wasn't doing anything, and and you had a team that was about six, seven games under five hundred. Obviously, the Twins want to be a lot better than that. So, yeah, it, it was. it's just a strange move. I mean, I actually really love everything the front office has done. Um, I, this one kind of was like I, – I, I know we talked about it a couple times in the last the last couple weeks, and, and I didn't think they would do this. I mean, there were some, some rumors about it, some suggestions out there, but this, this front office has been so sound and so <laughs> – great at its decision making i don't i didn't think anybody thought they would kind of have the audacity and i it, it just it just you know i mean look it's their team and and obviously they get to make calls like this but i just think that it could definitely really injure their their relationship with with the guy and and that that's the part that i didn't think would happen and and it did and it's just in that regard, I'm a little surprised just because they make such great decisions, but I think that this could really injure that relationship. And I know they acknowledge that, but what if he doesn't want to be here? You know, and that's that's a problem. I mean, you've got a guy that 
potentially as a six-win guy that maybe you've just made him sour and when he was willing to come back without a rehab at bat and, and do kinds of things like that and play through a broken toe. Um, you know, I, I think it's just a, a huge risk on that end. Dan, can you think, because I'm baffled too, and I just, I've, I spent the weekend actually trying to think through every permeation of this to why, why, you know, and, and I get, I get it comes down to service time, but I was thinking, okay, is there something else here or, or there? Is there anything besides that? Because Manny's right. I mean, there's a chance in 2022 that Byron is out of baseball at this point, or he's with a, a different team. Is there anything that we might be missing? Because Derek and Thad aren't dumb people. They're not dumb right. guys. And 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 I'm you know what? I've been I've been borderline or flat out an apologist for almost all of their moves. And I know there have been some missteps, but I always say, okay, it's still a new, fresh deal. Behind the scenes, they're doing a lot of good things. Are we missing something here? It's always possible. You never know. They're, they're not going to – this isn't the kind of team that's going to come out and say some things about their guy um, and bury their guy. So it's possible. Um, you know, they you want to keep things under wraps. Um, but at the same time, is there anything that's – you know, they were – obviously, um, and I wasn't in Cleveland when, when that was said, but it came up that day um, – and, and I know that Paul Malter mentioned that he was pulling everything. And, and, you know, I mean, obviously you want him to be hitting the ball up the middle and you want him to get away from being a pull-happy guy. That That's that's a big thing. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just seemed like if there's stuff there, the the good seems like it outweighs anything that would be there. And you know, he's home and, now. Like he just got sent home. So there's no there's no right. upside. There there's right. no there's no magical batting cage and coach. I mean it, it's just yeah, bizarre. Uh, it, and and if he was healthy enough to yep. fight through it for the thirteen games or twelve games, whatever it was, um those are meaningless games at AAA. It's not like they were playing for anything. Obviously it was kind of try to get him some at bats and get him back on track, but mm-hmm. Why was he playing those? If you know, what's the difference between those meaningless games and these ones? It, it's it, you know, that's the part that just made me really question it was. And and I know there, I get it. The wrist, it doesn't sound like it's perfect, um, but you know, letting him after all that work get back to his teammates, you know, really to me made sense. Um, he, he's had a terrible season, and it's something where. You know, if if we looked at what he's done overall, and and it's but that's the crazy part. He's played 28 major league games, I think, is uh, like 36 in the minors and 28 major league games. Yes. So yes, we're we're saying terrible season, and we're talking about 28 games, and we're talking about you know 12 of them. No, he needs to play baseball, Dan. He needs to play baseball. He does. Like that's a, that, no question. And and here's what frustrates me to to no end. So no, what they did with him, I thought was perfect because he strikes me as a tough love guy. So yeah. you, so but Byron's not. Byron's a sensitive. I think Byron that's, works. That's where I'm going with this too. Like I mean, it's he, like he thinks about this stuff all the time. It, he, you know, yeah. he he knew that the expectations were out there and that he wasn't necessarily living up to them, but didn't want to pay attention to that. But he couldn't help but it. I mean, and and I only had a month and a half of time around him, but. It struck me as a guy who who thinks about things a lot, mm-hmm. and you know that that was certain. And I totally agree with you. Sano was the perfect move, and it was a tough move, but they they nailed it, and he responded. And 
actually last week in Fort Myers, I got to talk to some of the guys down there and about that time. And I mean, it, it went well, it went exceedingly well. And, and this on the other hand, you know, I mean, who knows, maybe we're, maybe we're all caught up in this and they do have something and, and they will be able to say they have their aha down the road because I, you know, I know this, there was something similar done with Dozier a couple of years back. I don't um, think it's the same. He pouted. He, he pouted that that whole time. This kid didn't pout. He just hurt. Right. Nah, I don't right. think it's the same. All right, Dan, thanks much. Talk to you. All right, thanks, guys. Okay. Uh, thanks to Dan. That was great. Uh, I have a little Wolves nugget I, for you. I've got it, and I wanted to deliver it to you when we I came back. I, I saw it already. Your head's going to pull right Let's off get the that shoulders. When we come back. All right. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Manny Hill is at the Timberwolves Update Geriatric Desk. <laughs> Manny, why don't you go ahead and deliver the, the least surprising news. This is almost like part of a script from a Timberwolves sitcom, yes. what you're about to read. <laughs> it, it's like if we did a sitcom... Starring Manny Hill. The predictable laugh track move is this. Predict the Wolves. Um, <laughs> I like it. From Mark Stein. Find him on Twitter. At the Stein line, Mark Stein very tied in with the NBA as he has been for different media outlets for many, many years. He tweets out at 11.28 this morning, so about 23 minutes ago, the Wolves have launched their planned pursuit of at Luol Deng 9, that of course being Luol Deng, league sources say, after the veteran forward became a free agent by clearing waivers earlier this week, Luol Deng had two years left on a four-year, $72 million contract that he signed with the Lakers two summers ago. And uh, he was waived. He was bought out. I think they used a stretch provision to pay him off to get the remaining, I think, $36, $37 million or whatever he's owed, uh, whatever he was owed the next couple of years. So he is a free agent. He has cleared waivers. And as expected, as many people expected, he is expected to be uh, pursued by his former coach in Chicago, Tom Thibodeau. So the floor is all yours. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you know. Purge, go ahead. When Tom Thibodeau took this job two years ago, I thought, you know what? He's going to take over this young team. And he took a year off. He learned from different things in Chicago and what to do, what not to do. And what has happened over the last couple of years, now look, they, they made the playoffs last year and they won 47 games. Overall, they had a good season, one of the best seasons they've had in a decade and a half. But this is, Luol Deng has nothing left. Nothing left. Nothing. He gave, he gave the Lakers Nothing. They paid him, Judd, seventeen million dollars, seventeen or eighteen million dollars a year for the last two years. He gave them nothing, nothing. And now the Wolves are going to go after him and sign him, and of course he's going to sign here, and he's going to be on the roster for this season, along with Derek and Taj. And and here's the thing, when they you trade for Jimmy Butler. Okay, Jimmy's fantastic. 
the idea of trading for him, especially when when they did at that time, A plus move. Mm-hmm. You bring in Taj. Now, did you give Taj too much money? Yeah, probably, especially when you already had depth at, in the front court and you had Gorgie Jang and all of that stuff. But Taj is a good player. Taj has been in the league for a while, but he's a good player. And he had a very he had the best season of his career this past year. He was fantastic. Jimmy, when he was healthy, was fantastic. Okay, Derrick Rose, you got some injuries. Jimmy's hurt. Derrick Rose showed late in the season. He's still got a little bit left in the tank. He played fairly well for you in the playoffs, the playoff series that you lost in five games. Okay, fine. You bring him back, veteran minimum deal, fine. Whatever. This is, I mean, come on. Come on. What are we doing here? You got, you have you have Towns, you have Butler, you have Wiggins, you have Teague, you have Gibson, you have Jang, you have Jones, you have Rose, you have two guys that you drafted, you have a Kogi and Bates Giap. You have you have bodies. You went and got Anthony Tolliver in the offseason. You needed some improvements on three point shooting. Anthony Tolliver shot 43% from three point range last year with the Detroit Pistons. Had a very solid season as a rotation role player. Why are you bringing in Luol Deng? Why? He has nothing left, Judd. Nothing. We'll return shortly. Guys, I thought we were in a hurry. On 1500 ESPN. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. 